Hello everyone and welcome back to the Shaping Futures podcast. On one of our most recent episodes, we looked at how to compost food scraps at home. Today we're covering something really interesting and also in the same realm. We're going to be looking at the understanding of what the world leading plastic bans in SA will mean for all the plastic things that we use today. So we love talking about waste and today specifically we're diving into the topic of circular waste and compostable alternatives. We have a great guest today, Marion. She's a great example of someone who's made Adelaide her home and brought in international experience here to South Australia. She's recognised as a leader and is sitting on boards and I'm just so excited to learn more about what these opportunities are and how other young people in Adelaide can tap into them. First, we'll begin this episode with acknowledging our country. We would like to acknowledge that the land we meet and collaborate on today is the traditional lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and we recognise and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with the land. We invite you as you listen today to take a moment and focus on the rich history of the land on which we meet. The cultural intricacies are of high importance and we ask that you reflect on what this land means to you in the context of your own day-to-day life, but also in the context of acknowledging and respecting the history that accompanies our shared land. So I love that we're here having a yarn today, just like the Ghana people and the other First Nations people in Australia have done to learn about each other and to learn uh, more about sustainability. I'm Michelle Howie. I was previously one of the curators of the Adelaide Global Shapers Hub. I was also part of the Gold Coast Hub too, and I'm now sitting on the Advisory Council for the Global Shapers. And I'm also joined by Ellie, who's one of our shapers in the Adelaide Hub. And sitting next to me here is Marion. Uh, It's great to have her today. I found out about compostable alternatives at South Start, which is uh, one of the innovation festivals here in South Australia. And we're going to talk today about her experience in sustainability, um, in entrepreneurship. uh, And I actually want to just hand over to you to introduce a bit more about yourself and, yeah, what are you doing in Adelaide these days? Thank you, Michelle. And uh, I'm super glad to be on the podcast today. So thanks, girls, for inviting me. (laughs) Um, I like to introduce myself as an impact entrepreneur. Um, I'm a French, soon-to-be Australian. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Um, uh, Entrepreneur based in Adelaide. And for the past uh, four years and a bit, I've built a startup in the um, sustainability space. I like to say that I've created a regenerative packaging brand that was initially um, the first Australian um, plant-based drinking straw. So four years ago, uh, when I arrived to South Australia as part of an entrepreneur program called Supporting Innovation in South Australia, uh, my partner and I started working with organic farmers in, uh, in South Australia um, to manufacture a plant-based drinking straw that was made uh, from the byproduct of the cereal rye plant. It was called Mr. Rye, as the name says, and uh, the purpose of that project w- was to replace um, the millions and billions of single-use plastic straws and uh, paper straws as well that we use on a daily basis in Australia. Moving forward, that project became compostable alternative where we now 
uh, offer a range of certified home compostable products to cafe owners mostly, but not just cafes, uh, to help them switch away from single-use plastic and bioplastic with products that can break down in anyone's backyard and compost uh, at a fast pace uh, so they can become value instead of creating more waste. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I don't know about you, Michelle, but my mind is blown already. Um, We have so much to learn today and so much to unpack as well. So I guess another thing we'd really love to hear about is where your passion for circular waste came from and what inspired your business ventures and your startups. Was there like a crucial moment in your life where you just thought, right, this is my calling, this is what I've got to do? Or is it just something that you stumbled upon by accident? I don't know if it was an accident, um, (laughs) but I definitely want to say that I was definitely not the person that I am today before coming to Australia. Um, I used to I used to live in Vietnam. I lived in Vietnam for five years before moving to Australia. And I want to say I was the person probably using as much plastic as I could uh, living in an Asian country where everything is just wrapped in plastic. And I had no... um, I was not conscious of that. It was not. Uh, it was not something that 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 mattered to me at the time. And moving to Australia, where I uh, started a journey of, I would say, self awareness by traveling around the country uh, in a camper van. Actually, that was uh, that was the original plan. Um, I kind of became aware of more of our environment and the issues that humans could cause to the planet and how to move away from that and how to find solutions to that. So I would say I became aware of sustainability and I became more conscious of what impact I wanted to have on this planet when I moved to Australia, so five years ago. Um, And obviously going into the manufacturing of a product initially kind of opened my eyes on how can we as uh, entrepreneurs build products that follow a circular pathway. So the rice straw was actually a great way for us to understand that we can consume product that can go back into the soil and allow new resources to grow. So instead of creating waste, we can just create a new value, a new resource in order to grow more food. And that was really a calling for me. I had a super similar experience. I spent some time in Taiwan earlier this year and just the amount of plastic and packaging that I was getting just really blew my mind. And in Australia, of course, we don't see as much, but I think because we are such a big country, a lot of the time, like our waste just sort of, we don't think about it because we don't see it. Uh, It just goes in landfill somewhere and we just, oh yeah, we've got more space, we can just use it. Um, But it is about what materials are you putting into um, the alternatives that you're using. And I love that you started with straws because I think for everyone, that's kind of where we started this, you know, plastic journey. People were like, oh no, no more plastic straws. And at the time, they're such a small thing and we don't really use straws that much, but it kind of really created this massive movement of uh, compostable alternatives in general and I love that the other day I got a drink in Adelaide and I had a pasta straw have Mm -hmm. you seen those 
um, I thought it was just fantastic because I ate it after as well. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the idea of these things being circular in that instead of becoming waste, they're becoming better than what they originally were. So. Mm, absolutely. The straw was really a, the straw was really a key product uh, initially because when we started that product, it was at the time where the single uh, single use plastic ban legislation was about to pass, and. We launched a straw without, uh, without actually knowing that there would be that legislation coming up. Ah. Um, so it all it all came at the right time. Um, but I'll tell you all about it probably mm-hmm. in the in the in the next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go into that, right? You know, South Australia is, I guess, a first mover in Australia and in the world um, with what we're doing to ban single-use plastics. I remember. Uh, when I moved to Queensland probably like five years ago and they didn't have a plastic bag ban, I thought it was really weird because in South Australia we've banned single-use plastic bags for a long time. Um, and so we've been ahead in that, but now more and more things are being added to this plastic list. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm from South Australia, Ellie's from yep. here too, but you probably <laughs> know more about that than us. Absolutely. Um, yeah, tell us a bit more. Um, basically, so when we moved to Adelaide, in 2019, there was, uh, the, well, there was obviously the, the plastic bags that was uh, already in place. But uh, at the time, the former Minister for the Environment, David Spears, was about to pass a legislation for single-use plastic straws, cutleries and steers. And obviously, being in that space with our plant straw, uh, we, we thought it was just the best place to be because... It was going to South Australia was going to be the first state banning a single-use item and taking that first step in Australia. So for us, it all made sense to to start our journey here. Mm. Um, since then, of course, more states have have banned similar products, and even further than that, because uh, WA has uh, recently banned coffee cups as well. Ah. So there is more and more things that are being done in that space. But um, I would say being in the state that initiated a shift of mindset towards single plastic has really supported us in our entrepreneurial journey. So um, I would say, yeah, being in, being in Adelaide was the best decision that we could have took uh, four years ago when we started. We love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess, again, still in terms of South Australia, while we're on the South Australian bandwagon, um, as Michelle said, the plastic bag ban came in a long time ago now. Um, I remember being very, very young and going to the shops and seeing all the posters saying that, you know, this is the future now. We're not going to be using those materials anymore. But in terms of Adelaide as a city or South Australia as a state, do you think that they're doing their best in navigating circular waste? Is there more that can be done or perhaps some better incentives that maybe need to be advertised that people need to learn more about? You know, there is actually a trick about the single-use plastic ban that we see in South Australia and other states as well. Because we say plastic uh, plastic bags are being banned or have been banned, but I would say that's not entirely correct in a way that uh, only bags that are uh, lower than 35 microns in thickness are banned. So anything that's over 35 microns is still allowed. Uh, some shops are currently trying to transition to something else now, but 
it can be all very confusing, no matter in which state you are, because everyone talks about the plastic bag bans, but you can still see some in retails and in supermarkets, and people wonder, but I thought the bag was banned when it's actually still there. It's just it's a different thickness. Oh, it says reusable on it. That's mm. the worst, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting... Uh, but it's, it's also like that for many other products. There is always a, a trick, I would say, to it. Uh, so I would say I'm excited about more and more products being banned, but I guess what's really important in, in the work that we do is the education that is done around those products. There is... Lots of different alternatives that are now available on the market, especially compostables, which is the space that I'm in. But there is many different types of compostables and there is still not enough knowledge about them. So you wouldn't believe how many cafes or business owners that I talk to that, that are convinced that they are that they already have home compostable or biodegradable packaging, so they've already done the right uh, shift. But in fact, when you look at the product that they purchased, those products cannot be composted where they are, or those products uh, can like they don't have any uh, waste infrastructure for them. Uh, their councils don't accept them in their waste um, streams. So it can be all very complex. And I think there is a big gap here in terms of the awareness, the education that the government and more organizations should do um, in terms of those alternative products on the market. There's a few things I've learned on this journey of understanding waste. And similar to you, you said when you moved to Australia, you became more self-aware of the things you were consuming. And I think if there's anything um, I would want listeners to get today is just to be more intentional and mm. with your consumption and more self-aware because I love you made the distinction of the plastic bags because you can still buy plastic bags. They're just thicker but those thicker bags are made from more plastic. And if you don't reuse them like 100, 200, 300 times, it's worse than the thin ones. I, someone even told me the other day about even cotton bags, you know, like those cotton shopping bags. If you don't reuse them a thousand times, they're not better than the plastic bags mm. because of the materials that go into them and, and how they get um, reused. Um, and another thing which I wanted to ask you about is you said that your products are home compostable. I would love to understand more about what that means because uh, something that uh, I, I learned recently that shocked me was if you're not composting the compostable packaging, it won't compost. So if you put it in the landfill, the landfill bin, it's just going to sit there as a cup or as a container and just emit methane as it rots. It's not going to actually compost unless you put it through the proper processes. So on our last episode... Uh, we spoke to Amelia from Green Industries SA, a part of the state government waste program, and she was telling us about where the things in your green bin go. So that's amazing. If you put these compostable things in your green bin, they'll go and get composted. But what do you mean by home compostable? I'm so glad you're asking that question because it's been our main, uh, I would say, driver and key educational uh, focus over the past few years. So... Basically, on the market, there is two types of compostables. There is certified uh, commercially compostable product, which represents probably 99.9% of compostable products that you see on the market today. And there is certified home compostable product. 
The difference is um, that commercially compostable products require to go into a composting facility in order to be broken down into compost, uh, mostly with a human intervention. And home compostable uh, product means that anyone, so you, me, or anyone else can compost those products in your backyard at home, either through your backyard compost bin or your worm farm or even through burial in your garden. So those products would compost in your own setup uh, without any human intervention because there is no machinery involved or anything like that. And simply through the biodegradation process of microbes, uh, humidity and uh, oxygen would become compost. So um, those two different types of compostables are... So it's, it's very important for us to always make that, uh, to always clarify this because... Most compostable packaging on the market today are commercially compostable only, so they need to go to a composting facility. But in Australia, there is approximately 10% of councils that accept those compostable packaging in the Fogo green bean mm. stream. That's very little. Mm. And most of those 10% are in South Australia. Yeah. Because in South Australia, we've got two amazing organic processes, uh, Pit Soils and Jefferies, that are willing to accept compostable packagings at their um, facilities. But in other states, most of them would not accept compostable packaging. In New South Wales, for example, the EPA la uh, released last year that they were uh, not accepting officially compostable packaging uh, in their Fogo, well, in the Fogo uh, green beans, we, along with food waste, so that's not allowed. So that means that most compostable packaging that business owners are paying more for are also ending in landfill where they do not become compost and where they do not create value. But most business owners do not know that because they are being sold those alternative products to single-use plastic that are said to be biodegradable. I hate that word, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so they believe that it's going to magically disappear um, even if it goes in landfill or worst. Some people believe that it, it can go into recycling and that's even worse because nothing... It contaminates. Yeah, it the contaminates the whole stream and it will not become compost. So um, there is a lot of conversation that I have on that which, uh, which is needed on the market because more people need to understand the use of compostable and how it can actually become compost and create value instead of creating waste. I think it's, it's great that you know, you're helping this education piece and hopefully anyone, anyone listening to this, whether you're someone who goes out and buys a coffee or you're someone who runs a business or you're someone who works in a company. So for me, you know, everywhere I work, I'll go into the office and make sure there is a green bin. I'll ask them, okay, who picks up the bin? Where does it go? Make sure all the paper towels are going in the green bin and coffee cups are not going in the recycling bin and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, education is really key. Yeah, and I think a lot of things in life circle back to education, which is why it's, you know, probably one of the centres of our society, I'd say. People love to learn and we're always learning. It's so important. Um, but that just goes to show that, you know, there's so many gaps that need to be filled in terms of the education because a lot of the employers who are taking on board this so-called better alternative don't realise that they're probably doing more harm than good with that, which is um, really unfortunate. 
Um, something we did in our last episode with Amelia, we asked her to sort of outline the process of what happens with our food waste once we put it, you know, in the green bin or wherever. We did sort of a ideal situation versus a not ideal situation. All right. So maybe my first question for you is, are you talking about a commercially compostable packaging <laughs> or a home compostable packaging? Let's unpack both. So let's say um, um, home compostable uh, coffee cup, mm-hmm. because coffee cup is big. Mm-hmm. Um, if, a home comp- if a certified home compostable coffee cup ends up uh, in the green bin, uh, that goes to a composting facility that accepts compostable packaging. So let's say in pit soil, um, it would uh, it would be professionally composted, and because it's certified home compostable, the products usually take much less time than other traditional compostable product to break down. So I would say in maybe five weeks, mm-hmm. uh, or may- maybe less. It depends on. It depends on the seasonality as well. It depends on the heat. But it would take approximately five weeks to fully break down, become compost, and then be sold in your uh, in your garden uh, store. Um, if it goes... Um, so if that same certified home compostable cup goes into your um, home compost at home, so let's say in your worm farm, uh, it would take between six and ten weeks to be uh, eaten by your worms and uh, you could then reuse that in your own garden to plant your seedling for example your tomato seedling mm-hmm. um, now if i take the example of a commercially compostable coffee cup so still in south australia i will i will keep it simple <laughs> um, if it goes in your green bean um, it would go to your composting facility it would take probably uh, let's say seven to eight weeks to become compost. Same thing, depending on the conditions, and uh, and be reused as compost and sold in the in the stores. Uh, if it goes into your home compost uh, in your worm farm, basically you would you would so the 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 paper part of the cup would probably break down, become compost, but then you would be left with a liner. Of PLA, so it's uh, it's bio bioplastic. Mm-hmm. A liner of PLA would be left in your soil, basically. So just okay. like your coffee cup, but just the liner inside that prevents leakage. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it wouldn't be that good for your garden. <laughs> yes, awesome. Um, and I guess if we did the wrong thing and we say put either of those options in the red bin or like our general waste bin, what is the implications of that? How long would it take to break down then if it's going to be in landfill? Um, so it would depend on the landfill as well. I would let's let's take the example of a landfill that does uh, burial mm-hmm. and just covers uh, layers on top of each other. Uh, both options would uh, be disposed in that landfill. They would uh, they would not compost because obviously the landfill that's full of random materials like it can they can be metal, they can be plastic, they can be. Uh, they can be chairs, they can be furniture, anything really. Mm-hmm. So it's not the perfect condition to attract microbes and, and microorganisms. So they wouldn't become compost. They would just stay there. They would break down over time. I don't know over how many years, but mm-hmm. they would eventually probably break down. But in the meantime, they would create methane. Yeah. 
So that just goes to show how harmful the effect is if we put it in the wrong bin or if we don't do the right thing. So I guess it's all about the intention with these things, isn't it? You've got to have the intention to do the right thing, to make those changes, to make it a habit, make it a routine, to make it easier um, in everyday life. Yeah. I think what's really what's really important to understand as well with composting is the circularity of why people are composting. The reason why there is compostable product out there and they are said to be compostable is that you want to take a waste and reuse it or transform it into a new resource. Mm. Putting it in landfill would not allow that circularity. Um, and the reason why we've launched Compostable Alternative is because we wanted to transform waste into resource. So the fact that we're promoting and pushing home composting is to make everyone realize that even at home they can make they can take the right decision to compost and reuse their own waste to grow more food or plants or flowers. And at or on scale, individually, we can uh, make an impact. And if everyone can make an impact at their own scale, not relying on third-party infrastructures or not relying on your councils to accept or not mm-hmm. uh, this type of waste in your being, really, we could all become, uh, like we could all independently regen- regenerate uh, at, uh, yeah, at the individual level. And that's what we're really promoting here with Compostable Alternative. So what kind of products have you got in your range? What kind of alternatives are you making? Uh, So we've got compostable coffee cups and lids. We've got gloves. We've got uh, bin liners and other types of liners. We've got a cling wrap and, of course, we've got straws. I also wanted to ask you about the communities in South Australia that have been supporting you and that you've been involved with. Um, I've seen you've been co-president of La French Tech Australia. You've been uh, on the boards of Startup Adelaide, Fleur Regional Waste Authority. I'm sure there's others that I've missed, but um, tell us a bit about the communities that you've um, joined and been part of in South Australia and Australia that have helped you on this journey. Um, I would probably start by mentioning Responsible Cafes because it's a community that I've been involved with for many years, uh, ever since we launched uh, the Rice Rose, really. Um, and uh, two years ago, I got offered to take over that organization, which is not-for-profit, and it's an accreditation for cafes that wants to showcase their sustainable actions and how they can drive behavior change towards their local community. So I'm very proud to be running that organization side-by-side side with uh, what we do uh, at Compostable Alternatives. And it's probably the organization that I've been the most involved with over time. Um, La French Tech um, is also, uh, I would say it's a community group of like-minded entrepreneurs that have uh, either moved to Australia from France and are working in the startup industry or are Australians and working in French startups based in Australia. And that community was launched initially to bridge a gap. Um, there, were, there was nothing in Australia uh, that was referencing French entrepreneurs or French startups that are based in Australia, but there are a lot. And so that organization, La French Tech Australia, was launched uh, in order to represent that community and bridge a a gap between the French ecosystem and the Australian ecosystem. Uh, So we launched that community 
back at the beginning of COVID. Great time to launch a community. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we got certified by the French government to run it for Australia, uh, which is a good achievement because usually they're only certified per cities. So we were lucky to get the country certification. And uh, it's grown ever since. Um, Startup Adelaide, uh, I got involved with the association in 2019, if I remember correctly I was asked to get on the board and it was uh, a great association that was uh, promoting collaboration in South Australia for entrepreneurs and uh, entrepreneurs to be uh, and representing the startup ecosystem in South Australia that was a great uh, great adventures uh, and um, the Fleurier Waste Regional Authority that I'm that I sit on the board um, is the waste man is basically is the waste management authority for the Fleurier Peninsula. So it represents four councils um, in South Australia, and it's managing the waste of those four councils. Which uh, councils are they? There is um, Alexandrina Council, Victor Harbour, uh, Kangaroo Island, and Yankalila. Beautiful. And so, of course, there is uh, a lot of organic. Uh, recycling involved but also uh, recycling and landfill so uh, there is multiple streams and it's uh, great to see how the education towards the Fogo green bean is going um, they've been running a trial uh, was it last year on weekly Fogo collection during summer ah. that was really successful so they did it again this year uh, so that would be collecting your green bin every week instead of every two weeks. Exactly. In summer, in when summer. it's hot and it can get stinky. Exactly. Yeah, and where okay. everyone likes to go and spend their holidays in the Florio Peninsula. Yeah. So it was really successful. The, the diversion rate keeps on increasing year on year. So. And by diversion rate, you mean the food waste that is going to the green bin, not yeah. landfill? Yeah. yeah. So more green uh, in terms of... I would say tonnage, more uh, green waste collection um, year on year compared to compared to landfill. So that's really good results. And uh, the authority is doing an amazing work at educating their uh, residents and council members um, to make sure that the diversion rate keeps on growing year on year for all their streams. So that so that that's a great. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great role, and I'm really proud to be on that board. Um, it it teaches me a lot. I have to say, I'm the I'm the youngest person on the board, uh, and it's not like I have a lot of board experience, so I'm learning a lot. Um, but uh, really like to be involved in all those different um, parts of sustainability because that's what I also need as part of my role. And as part of my entrepreneurship journey is to know as much as possible so I can then translate that into uh, more actions. I, I've, we've got to ask you, where, where are you from in France and what actually brought you to Adelaide? Why Adelaide and not Sydney or Melbourne? Um, so I'm from the south of France. I'm from a town called Nice, which is on the coast. Um, yeah, I've, gro- I've, grown up t- I've grown up in France and I moved away... Probably a bit more than 10 years ago to study in the UK. Mm. Um, I did two years in the UK and got a double degree in public relations and communications. 
Then I moved to Vietnam, where I spent five years and uh, where I built my first business, which was in a completely different industry. And then I moved to Australia in 2018 uh, to, pursue, uh, to pursue one of my dreams, which was to travel in a van around Australia and discover more about the country and about myself. Australia has always been a big dream of mine for some reason. Uh, I can't really explain it. It's been a calling, really. And I moved to Adelaide um, thanks to the entrepreneurship program that I uh, mentioned before. So it was a pilot program that was uh, initiated in South Australia and I had to be in South Australia in order to, to go through the program. So that's how I ended up in Adelaide and uh, I'm still here. <laughs> that's such a beautiful thing um, that you described, like almost a calling to Australia. Um, that's not something you hear people say very often. I hear I a lot of think. French people say that actually. Oh really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they see like the far as far away as possible. But yeah. Well no, there no. you go. Some people hear it, some people don't. <laughs> and I hope I hope we can compare Adelaide to Nice. You know, nice beach, you know, good weather. The weather is pretty similar except in winter. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure we'd all rather be in Nice right now than um in this Adelaide winter. Um going back to speaking about, you know, feeling that sense of calling um, for other young people in Adelaide, if they feel the calling or they're passionate about circular waste and making changes, not only in their lifestyle, but in other people's lifestyles and the way that the state and the country operates, are there any groups or resources they can access or what would you recommend for them to do in order to sort of start tackling that um, ambiguous goal of being, you know, more around the topic and learning more? I would say that starting um, to do your own research online is a great place to start just because nowadays pretty much everything is available online and you can learn a lot of skills online as well. Um, Adelaide is a pretty special city because lots of people are available as well, available to meet, available for a coffee and I've, uh, I've always been impressed at how many CEOs and, and people that were inspiring that I could just send a quick LinkedIn message and then go for a coffee the next week. So um, it's always been uh, like daring to approach people uh, is a really, I would say, is a really good skills that um, needs to be developed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just not hesitate to reach out to people that uh, you think are inspiring and, and ask them questions. Um, taking also being involved in all those networking. Uh, there's lots of networking events uh, hold, um, uh, organized by co-working space, or organized by many uh, uh, local like South Start, for example. That's a, a great conference. Where you meet, uh, you would meet a lot of fellow entrepreneurs in that space. Um, so there's lots of lots of different ways to 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 get started, but um, daring is a is a probably a good advice. I love that. I've definitely found that in South Australia and Adelaide, people are willing to connect and um, if you show curiosity. Um, and before I forget, we've got to give a shout out to the co-working space that we're actually in. So we're in the Mache co-working space um so shout out to daniels for hosting us today is there anything else you wanted to bring up today maybe like a last inspiring message about your vision for your business and for the future of compostable alternatives in south australia i wish there were more um possibly like more 
awareness being um, done on the market, especially for business owners, because it's just so hard to be a business owner in the first place and, and operate your business and having to handle everything, you know, recruiting, uh, staff issues, admins, everything. But when you are a cafe owner and you're being, um, you know, surrounded by all those marketing advertising online that says oh look at those great compostable products or biodegradable products <laughs> and 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 you're actually believing in those claims because you're not well equipped to understand everything because how can you know everything it's really hard it's a it's a difficult space i would yeah i would like to see more um education being done from the fr- probably from the top down so from the government so businesses are better equipped to make better informed decisions based on their available waste infrastructure. It's something that I spend a lot of time doing, not just with compostable alternative, but also with responsible cafes, because we do visit a lot of cafes and we do a lot of uh, a lot of education work around that. But it, uh, this is a community-based organization and it cannot come just from community-driven organization. It has to also come from uh, governments and people that are making legislations so so it can be yeah so it can be better better done and there can be more diversion uh, done from a from a business perspective and a consumer's perspective I probably it's probably the best uh, yeah the, the the last thing i wanted to say because it cannot be it cannot be just the work of not for profit so it cannot be the the work of volunteers uh, responsible cafe works with a lot of volunteers but you know, in the end, and uh, I guess we're going to see that in the upcoming season of War on Waste. I don't know if you are excited about that, but War on Waste is show. coming back. It's a very good ah, show. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Check they, it out. Yeah, there will be a lot of uh, a lot of um, education done in that uh, new season, so we're really excited about that. Well, actually, um, on the topic of volunteers, I wanted to make a quick plug for the Global Shapers Adelaide Hub. Um, we're obviously passionate about this kind of topic, and we're always looking for partners to support, uh, to increase awareness, um, to run events, to do projects with impact. So if anyone is listening or yourself, Marion, if you um, have ideas to engage the Global Shapers, just reach out to us and have a team of uh, lovely young volunteers who have a lot of energy and want to contribute. So So I think we'll wrap up there. We've unpacked so much today. I can't believe how quickly the time has gone. That did not feel like very long at all for me. Um, But we've certainly jumped headfirst into the topic of circular waste and compostable alternatives in Adelaide. And it has been an absolute privilege hearing from our guest, Marion. So thank you so much um, for coming to chat to us today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule um, and meeting with us in this amazing space to record the podcast. Once again, to our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to hear more about Adelaide Global Shapers Hub, head over to our link tree, um, which is in the bio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, ladies. And as always, we're giving a shout out to the City of Adelaide for their sponsorship in making this podcast possible. And thank you again to Marion Vigor for her time today.